forever, forever. Welcome, guys. Happy Monday. I'm your host, Linda Entry. Welcome to 90 Day the Melanated Way. You guys, can I just, I, I'm going to just talk for a minute as we get our acts together over here. You guys, okay. I was introduced to Love After Lockup. Now, I've try, been trying to avoid watching this show because I know I'm the type of person that has a lot of questions all of the time. But some of my favorite people really highly recommended and really said, you gotta watch, you gotta watch, you gotta watch. The new season just started. You guys, I I am not only traumatized, I I, it's like a, it's almost like a comedy show, but it's not comedy. And I know that those are those people's lives, but I just have so many questions. So because I have so many questions, you guys, we are adding Love After Lockup as a new show starting tomorrow, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, because I just, I can't. I, I don't understand why you don't have hot water, but you're putting money in someone's commissary. I, I don't understand it. And I don't understand how you, listen, I know today's not the day for it, but I have so many questions and we're gonna get into it tomorrow. Cause I, you guys, there's a, did you know that there's a like a prison.com, whatever dating site? So forget Tinder, forget Match, forget uh, Hinge or whatever all the other ones are. Forget all of that stuff. You can literally go to specific sites for inmates specifically and date them online. Now, I didn't think that prison worked like that. I didn't realize that you could send selfies and text message and all of that stuff while you're in prison. Like, I just didn't really understand that. I didn't know that was a thing out here, but apparently it's a thing and I need to research, but I'm gonna be researching it because I have so many questions for tomorrow. Anyhow, we're gonna do some housekeeping. You guys, there's like prison.com. And their selfies is like in the background with the prison walls. <laughs> like, I mean, what's happening right now? What's happening? Um, oh, thanks, Yvonne Walter. Looking extremely beautiful today. Thank you. Thank you. It's very kind. Um, I just, Amanda says, spoiler alert, but the people who are not ex-inmates are always the weirder ones. Are they, though? I mean, there's a Hugh Hefner character that he's like a millionaire, but he's dating some woman that looks like her brother. Like, I mean, I have so many questions. Why are you dating on prison.com? That's what I, that's my biggest question. Anyhow, let's do some house, housekeeping. Maybe I'm single because I just refuse, I refuse to do that. Maybe I should just head on over to prison.com and, and like, what did you scroll through? Like, do you swipe? What how does that? What does it look like? Anyhow, sh shout out to some new subscribers. Hey, TG. Hey, girl. Hey, uh, Chandra, Judy, and Beth. Welcome to Patreon. You are gonna love it over here. We have so much in store for you. So thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon. Uh, that news and gossip last week was a doozy. A lot of my day ones are in the live chat. They can tell you all about it. If you haven't checked us out on Patreon, definitely make sure you're doing that. Wherever you're watching this show right now, you guys, take a minute into just thumbs up or heart or wherever you're watching, whether you're watching on Twitch, 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 um, or YouTube or Facebook, definitely give us a thumbs up. We appreciate that all, all day. Um, and 
Let's talk about Janice, Witt, Deb, Mason, Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, oh Nia, and Raydella, uh, Linda, Lydia, uh, Brianna, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, and Dr. Jolisa, who's celebrating a birthday tomorrow. Happy, happy pre-birthday, Dr. Jolisa. Can't wait to get into all things Love It After Lockup with you. Live chat is popping. Hey, Radella. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, Barbara. Hey, girl. Hey. Better days is in the house. Uh, Danielle, are you are you uh, new? If you are, welcome. And everyone say help. welcome to Danielle. Who else we got in here? Amanda. Amanda is really the one. I'm just gonna let you guys know, Amanda's really the one that got me into the show. Like she insisted, insisted. So I'm about that life now. I'm not about the prison life, but I'm about watching Love After Lockup. All right, let's get into this show because it really made me angry, you guys. It really made me angry. And can I just tell you something else that happened to me on Monday? You guys know how I like to take copious notes, right? So I have like a bunch of notebooks. I ran out of notebooks, you guys. And so it's super, I don't know if it's ironic. I don't know if it's the timing, Amanda. I don't know what it is. And it might just be because I watch all the true crime shows, but I ran out a notebook, so I, I'm out of paper. And then all my pens started to die. So now I have to use, like, isn't this prison considered prison note paper? Don't they like have pencils and stuff in prison and they write on this yellow like legal pad or am I making that up? So that's where some of my notes are today because I ran out of regular paper, so. It's ironic because my notes for tomorrow are gonna be on this and part of my notes for today, uh, Happily Ever After is on here. And you know, some of these people today were acting like inmates anyway. So I think that uh, it's like all coming together somehow, some way. Uh, everyone shout out to Michelle Mueller, Mueller, Mueller. Am I saying it right, Michelle? Michelle Mueller. She is our moderator over at Facebook. Our Facebook page has blown up, you guys. We, I think we're like, I don't even know, but there's a bunch of you guys. We reach like 2 million people a day. Uh, so shout out for Michelle for moderating over there. Can I tell you guys a little something that's going on over there? Oftentimes, you guys on Facebook and even on Instagram, uh, you guys think that we're matchmakers. And so everyone's always messaging us about like, hooking up with people and how can they get on the show and all that stuff. We don't do that. We're just super fans. I'm just a reporter and I like to talk about the shows that I like to talk about. Um, and so we get a lot of messages saying, hey, I'm from so-and-so and I, I want to be married and I want you to set me up with so-and-so and how do I get a, yeah, I, I can't help you. Like I can't even basically help myself. I'm single. So like, I don't have any, I don't have any words of wisdom for y'all. So you can stop messaging me, but what you can do, if you're not following 90 Day The Melanated Way over on Instagram, you should do that immediately because we have Fan Friday and Fan Friday is our singles day. And every Friday we feature one single 90 Day super fan. They tell us their age, where they're from, their favorite 90 Day fan and their favorite 90 Day character and their favorite 90 day quote and they tell you what they're looking for and because you already have 90 days in common that's how you can break the ice and you can slide into that person's dm so 
you guys, if you're interested in doing that, definitely head over to 90 Day the Melanated Way. It's right there on your screen on Instagram and shoot me a DM. We featured our first single and it's going well. She had over a hundred uh, likes and uh, I'm gonna follow up with her, but you guys, if you're single and ready to mingle, head on over to our Instagram. All right, let's talk about Tiffany, Ronald, and Daniel and Carly, because I just have a lot of questions. So let me just pop up my question as I gather my thoughts, because you know I'm still I'm still in that prison life. Um, first question: Is Donald Donald is Ronald a deadbeat dad? Is Ronald a deadbeat dad? That's my question to you, or is he just a deadbeat in general? I'm curious what you guys think because I have tons and tons of thoughts about Ronald. Uh, first of all, last minute, you're building a room, knowing that your family's coming over. There's paint still on the wall. There's no windows. I already told you guys last week how I feel about like that. It's like, it literally is like a prison cell with no windows. And it's right off the kitchen. And apparently that Daniel's supposed to stay there. And one of the things I thought was hilarious is even Daniel, the child is more responsible. He's like, he walks in there. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to sleep on the couch tonight. Yeah, you are. Because you understand that you can't sleep in a room with fumes all over the place. And why, Daniel, did you wait so last minute to do this if you're so, you know, prepared for your family? And we see in this episode that he's not prepared because they have their first night there. There's no food in the fridge. There's like a couple of eggs and there's a beer there and that's it. So not only is there no food, but he's putting Daniel to work because I don't know, I don't even understand how there's like paper or whatever it was on the floor and it stuck to the floor. Like, did you paint the floor? And then, then you put the cardboard down and then it got stuck. And now poor Daniel has to like scrape it up with you. It's very bizarre. And I get you guys are bonding and you're doing like, boys things but it just seems to me like you've got some child labor there and you literally were not prepared um so they want to go uh grocery shopping because tiffany's like listen our family's here we're gonna need to eat and i think probably eating is a priority over building a room you're on a limited budget because you really don't have a job you do odds and ends so it probably would have made sense for you to kind of budgeted your money for some food knowing that you have two kids coming over rather than painting this blue room that is like, no one's going to stay in that room. We all already know that. So he said, Oh, I had so much on my plate. I just didn't think it was an issue. You know, it's, it's like, it wasn't so important to me. Well, what was important to you? Because you're making it seem to me at least that being a grown ass man and finally having your own apartment and having furniture is a big deal. Like you, should we applaud you? Because I feel like as a grown up, and not even like as a 16, 17, 18 year old, or however old you were when you got your first place, as a grown ass man, you should probably have your own place. I don't feel like I should give you any accolades if you feel like this is an accomplishment for you because welcome to adulthood. That's what happens when you're an adult. You have to have a roof over your head. So um, Tiffany wants to go to the market and go grocery shopping and he's for it. He's like, whatever it's going to take, whatever it's going to cost to keep you here, I'll do it. 
So they're looking at fresh meats. They're looking at all this stuff and they, they have this weird, I don't know what it was, like some pink bologna thing. Now here's the thing, okay? And I'm gonna say it and I mean it with no disrespect, you guys, but I just feel, and I often say this, that some of you guys have to travel. And I know that we're in a pandemic. I'm talking post-pandemic. I'm talking pre-pandemic. I'm talking like as an international person. I just feel like the perspective of I can only eat what I only eat. Like we saw this a lot with the family podcast and when they traveled to Moldova and they wanted like their bacon and their burgers and the this and the that. I understand that you're used to getting and eating what you want in America, but you're not in America. And I feel like you should have an open mind because the way Tiffany was shopping, like everything was so grossed out to her. I just really felt it was disrespectful. You're in South Africa. It's not like you're at friggin' Ralph's or Trader Joe's or John's or wherever you shop in America. So know that and know that the world does not center around your American lifestyle. And maybe if you're open some, to new experiences and some new adventures, and I'm not saying you have to go all wild down there. They always make it seem like it's the weirdest stuff, like the chicken legs and the cow tongues and all that stuff. Like I just, TLC plays a role in it, but like, just don't be basic. That's what I'm saying. Just don't be basic. Be open-minded because I feel like it's just rhetoric and it's it makes you guys seem ignorant. And I know a, most of you guys are not. Just don't be that way. Amanda says, so tired of the American being like, ew, chicken feet. Like, yeah, exactly. Grow up. No one's asking you to buy the chicken feet, but don't be disrespectful. You know what I mean? Everything can't be McDonald's and Burger King. Sorry. So that that's the thing I have to say about Tiffany. I just was not feeling that. I just her whole vibe saying it was too weird and kids can't eat stuff like that. And it's like too much. And did you think about the kids? And what, like, okay, you're being really closed-minded and no one loves a closed mind. Um, and then they do their grocery shopping. Now here's the thing. And I, and I, I want to know what you guys think too, but Ronald, I think didn't go grocery shopping because he didn't have any money. And when he came to the checkout and he told Tiffany that he's got this, he didn't, he doesn't got this. He's short on money. So apparently it was uh 3,661 uh, South African dollars, which is equivalent to, let's just say $261. They said uh, American, right? So he's saying he's short $50. Well, did you think about that? when you were just throwing whatever you felt like you wanted to throw into the basket? Did you discuss with Tiffany, hey, I'm on a limited budget. This is how much money I have and this is how much I can spend. Or did you just bring everything that you felt you wanted knowing that your sugar mama was in town and that she's got you because she's got these two kids that she's got to feed. So she's not going to put up a big fuss. I was like, oh no, that's like going yeah, you guys ever go to, it's never happened to me, but I know that it happens because I there was that dude that was like out here in Los Angeles scamming women. But have you ever heard of going to dinner with someone or going to drinks or whatever? And then the person you're out with is like, oh, oh my God, I, I think I forgot my wallet. And then you're stuck, right? Like that's the vibe I got. Like, oh, I, I, I'm short money. You got this? 
You knew how much you had. And then he, later in the episode, he said he forgot his credit card. You're going grocery shopping. You didn't forget your credit card. I think you planned the whole thing because you wanted Tiffany to pay for it. You even said in previous episodes that she makes more money than you. So she should be able to pay for the ticket. She should do this. She should do that. You know, I just, <clears throat> I don't know. So I'm going to answer my own question. Is Ronald a deadbeat? I absolutely think. Oh, hi, Sage. You're new. Welcome, Sage. Sage says he's not a deadbeat. Sage, we're going to have to agree to disagree because I think he's 100% a deadbeat. I think he's either he's a deadbeat or he's not mature. He's immature and selfish. So it's it's either you're selfish and immature or you're a deadbeat. Hey, Amanda. Hey, girl. Hey, Amanda says, I can't believe he didn't have food for them. Exactly. Like, that's just, listen, you know how I was raised? I was raised like this. Anytime you're having people over, even just guests and your friends, you have a packed cupboard and you have a packed fridge. You have all the drinks because they're your guests in your house. Can you imagine it's your family? Your family, the woman that birthed one of your children, and you don't even have like juice boxes or or some apples or some bananas for your kids. You've got six eggs and a beer. Sorry, that that screams deadbeat to me. It really does. Amanda, six eggs and some hot sauce. Oh, it's Kimberly Mayfield. Uh, hey, you changed your name. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, girl. Hey, girl. Um, yeah. Just he's a complete deadbeat as far as I'm concerned. And I don't even know. This is the other thing that bothers me since since I'm on the topic of bothering me. These two, Ronald and Tiffany, they break up to make up. 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 That's are you irritated by me saying that so many times? Yeah, because that's how irritating their breakup to makeup is. And if you guys haven't heard, they had a huge breakup online they blocked each other they weren't following each other she was over it she's like i'm tired of pretending all of this stuff fast forward father's day comes pow they're back together love of my life such an amazing father you're always there for us yeah if you missed all that you missed it on our news and gossip but my point being like don't use social media to break up because i'm tired of hearing you breaking up and not breaking up we're together and we're not together. I'm I'm personally tired of it. I don't believe you guys. I don't believe you. I think either you're doing it for attention or you're doing it in the heat of the moment and then you remember that you're under an NDA. Whatever the case may be, like, stop it. Just stop it. So that once it's really over or you're really together, we'll believe you. Because right now, it's a hot mess. And this right here, y'all, hot mess okay when tiffany said that she's gonna go over to kind of that's the one last time she's gonna find out if you know this is really what she wants it's too late you already married him you should have non pre-marriage you met this man in south africa picked him up from rehab and married him okay so you knew what he was about you knew what he was bringing to the table and in all this whole season so far, all you've done is complain that he doesn't send you money. He doesn't support you. He's not there for you. He doesn't have a job. He had a relapse, all of these things. And then now you get there and you're surprised that he's acting the way he's been acting, even when you weren't there. 
Okay. Hey, Chandra. Chandra says, they both act like teenagers. Just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, they get the groceries, even though he can't afford it. Okay? And then Tiffany complaining. He's the worst. I was expecting more for him. I know I can't expect the world, but I feel like he should step up. But then in the same breath, she backtracks and then supports him. So, like, what is it, Tiffany? Are you disappointed with him? Or did you come to South Africa, like you said, to take a break? Did you think you were going to be on a two-week vacation where you're just like, here are the kids. I'm going to go take a nap all day. You've got this. Because if that's the case, guess what I'm going to say? Because I always say it, right? Use your words and communicate. This is what I expect from this trip. What do you expect from this trip? This is what I need from this trip. What do you need from this trip? It's not very hard. It's not very hard, but apparently, you know, you can go ahead and have a baby with someone and that same someone doesn't want to change a diaper and thinks that that diaper situation is on you. Because he's, quote, he's got a wife. When he said that, y'all, I just need a moment and I need to ask you guys, do you, like, are those gender roles still in place? So all my married people out there, are there things that only the, the wife does versus what the husband does? I'm curious because um, I'm going to tell you this. We made this baby together. We're raising the baby together. What I do, you do. What you do, I do, period. I'm not going to be just like, hey, I'm the only one that gets up at night when the baby's crying. I'm the only one that changes poopy diapers. And what do you do then? What do you do? Because what I saw you do was put the groceries away. You mop the floor because you made a mess. And then the next morning, because you had groceries that your wife bought, you made a sandwich and you laid you laid on the couch and you proceeded to tell her what her job was and what she should and should not be doing. Oh, and by the way, she should stay over the holidays because, ooh, this is such a great trip. Better Day says, not in our house. Hell no. We take turns. 13 years uh, wed today. Oh, happy anniversary. That's fantastic. Happy, happy anniversary. Anyways, I don't even know how that goes, but you know what I mean. Happy anniversary, Betty Better Days. Um, Barbara says he smokes too much. That's another thing. You know, he's living his life. He's living his life like he's a bachelor and not like he's a father. And then he had the audacity, you guys, to say that he's a first-time father and it's just all too much. It's all just all at once. And I've never had this experience before. And it's just overwhelming for me. Bitch, please. Stop it. Stop it. So you thought being a dad was just doing some FaceTimes, some FaceTime messages, maybe some like hugs and kisses via FaceTime. And that's all you needed because you don't send money. You don't send pampers. You bought like this one stuffed elephant one time. But did you think that that what was the job of the father and that you just sit on the couch and drink beer and smoke your, your, the vape, you just vape all day and you don't even have a job. So like, let's just play devil's advocate for five seconds, you guys. Let's just play devil's advocate for five seconds. Let's just say 
Okay, let's just say that they communicated with their words and they said, you know what? We are gonna do like the traditional old school 1950 gender roles. I'm gonna be the head of the household and you're gonna be the wife at home with the kids. Now, if you're gonna be the head of the house, which we've heard we've heard Ronald say that he wants to be the man of the house, right? But if you indeed are gonna take on that gender role, then you need to do all the things that that gender role entails. And from my understanding, back in those days, you went and worked a full-time job, right? Whether that was 40, 50, 60 hours a week, you brought home the bacon, which is the money, right? You provided everything, the roof over the head, the lights, the water, the furniture, the food, you provided the car, you provided all the things, and then the wife took care of the household and took care of the kids. Now, if we're gonna do that, and you guys have agreed to that, then you're gonna have to get a job, Ronald. You're gonna have to hold your end of the bargain up because it seems to me like Tiffany just has three kids and one of them is a grown ass kid and wants to be provided for, okay? And when I end, I'm just jumping ahead a little bit, you guys, but when I saw the preview for next week and he was all mad that she went and talked to the to his mom about their relationship issues. Yeah, because you've been lying to your mom. Your mom came last week and said how amazing it is. It's only been two years and he's so amazing. He's got his shit together. He's got his own apartment. He's got a job and his family. Nah, nah. That same dude that stole your, your refrigerator and sold it so that he could gamble. Okay. Okay. So Tiffany's disappointed. She feels like she's getting no help. She's crying. She's trying to explain to him using her words that she needs help. And she doesn't just need lip service. She actually needs him to do something. But you know what it is, you guys? I'll tell you what it is. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do because he's not used to doing anything. He can barely provide for himself. And now he's supposed to provide for a family. And in his mind, in theory, that sounds fantastic. But the actions behind that, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. But then he gets butthurt when she tells him, this is what I need you to do. She's like, he's like, oh, she doesn't realize that I have feelings too. I'm a person. Well, Ronald, she's telling you her needs. You need to step up. You need to help her. If she's like, Ronald, come here. Ronald, come here. You don't know if it's an emergency. Maybe she needs you to help her with an emergency situation with your kids. Whatever it is, but know you're busy making a sandwich. Okay. She calls him over. She's exhausted. He doesn't come over. Guess who helps, you guys? Did you see that part? Where she's changing Carly and Daniel, the child, scoops up Carly and starts helping dress her. I was like, where's the dad again? Oh, he's hungry and he's making a sandwich. So the child is being more responsible than the supposed dad. Like, that. listen, y'all, none of it makes sense. And, you know, there's only so much you can put up with though, right? Like if you put up with it, then you put up with it. it that's on you. That you. It takes two to tango. It took two to make that baby. 
you've accepted how he is for how many years now and he hasn't changed, but this one trip is miraculously going to make him more responsible because he got an apartment as a grown ass man. I don't know. I don't know, y'all. I just think that they're in for a rude awakening. Moving on to Elizabeth and Andre. I just want to tell you that all the screaming and yelling and cussing in front of the kids gave me anxiety. And however you want to raise your kids, that's fine. I can't, uh, like, I'm not judging it. Well, I guess I'm judging it a little bit. Like, just the constant cussing in front of these toddlers and, like, the aggression is, it was, it's too much. It's too much. Like, it's too much. Let me put my question up and then we'll get into it. Because, like, ugh. I want to know to you guys, okay? And there's a lot of you guys watching right now, so definitely please weigh in in the live chat. And if not, weigh in the comments below if you're watching the replay. I want to know from you guys, who is the biggest problem in the Pothouse family? With all of them, Chuck, Andre, Becky, Jen, Elizabeth, Charlie, Meg, all of them. Who is the biggest problem in the Pothouse family? Who do you guys think that is? I, I really, I really want to know. Uh, good night, Michelle. I really want to know. Uh, Barbara says Andre is the worst. I really want to know who else. What else do you guys think? Okay, so we have Becky and Andre fighting. They're cussing up a storm uh, as they pulled the RV over, right? So Becky says uh, he's being shady, which I agree he is being shady. And they're screaming at each other, but Andre is trying to like dominate the conversation. Doesn't let her get a word in edgewise. He's, he's constantly like cutting her off, but not only cutting her off, like he's not trying to hear her at all. He's just trying to yell at her, but he's trying to yell at her and cuss her the fuck out. And I said that purposely because that's all I heard from his, this whole trip. That's all I've heard from him. And then some, and I was like, the whole family is in the RV listening to this man talk to this woman like this and no one's coming out to like cut this out and not only are you talking to this woman like this there are all the kids all the kids there so becky's husband who's sitting there with the kids yeah i understand you're taking care of the kids but you need to take care of your wife because this man is disrespecting her not only is he disrespecting her he's cussing up a storm in front of your children and like what kind of example are you setting for these children so that most of them are girls that it's okay to talk to females this way. Okay. So he's screaming at her and she's like, you know what? I'm done with you trying to milk my dad. You're, you're manipulating him. And so part of her, part of that I agreed with, but a part of it was she's jealous because she said that five years ago she had ideas and they weren't entertained by Chuck. And now she feels like Chuck is entertaining Andre's ideas and she's mad about that. So it's a little bit of jealousy, but also a little bit of calling out a spade a spade and knowing that Andre, who verbally said, you guys, he said it to us. He said it to the viewers. If it's manipulation, it is what it is. He said it, right? So you can't then be mad when someone calls you out on being a manipulator. All right then. So Elizabeth says Chuck should come out because, you know, he started it and he should be part of it. So Chuck comes out 
And he's like, this is not what I wanted. I said, no business talk on the RV. And then the husband comes out and they're like doing nothing, really. They're doing nothing. Okay. Now, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. Chuck could have nipped this in the butt from the get-go. How, you ask? He could have nipped it in the butt by saying, we're having a family meeting, including an Andre, and this is what your role is in the family business. Your role is this. Your role is this. Your role is this. Your role is this. I'm the boss, so I can tell you what the roles are. And then I'm bringing Andre in, and Andre's role is this. If you were clear, there wouldn't be an issue because everyone knows what the role is in the business. But because Chuck is a little bit of an avoider, hey, Robin, hey, girl, hey. Yes, nip it in the butt. If you're going to avoid it, guess what? You're going to have all the drama because you're saying one thing to Andre, Andre being Andre, being Mr. Agro entitled, thinks he's the shit, is going to think that he's entitled to your money and has already spent your money in his head. And that 100000 that he's banking on, he already thinks in his mind that he has it. And so when he's driving the RV and you're beside him, he's like, yeah, it's me and my partner. My partner and I are in the business and we're going to talk business. We have some business ideas and we're going to, we're going to buy some more houses, even though he's bringing nothing to the table, has no experience, but they're equals in his mind. Okay. Amanda says, I cannot believe how much they all yell at each other in front of those kids. I was scratching at myself with the anxiety. Listen, it's too much. Susan says, uh, they're all as bad as each other. Okay, I'm going to answer my question before I move on. Who is the biggest problem in the Pothouse family? I'm going to call it out, and it may or may not be the popular opinion. Andre. Andre is the problem. Andre is the problem. Andre is the problem. Okay. He's the problem because he feels entitled. He's the problem because he has anger issues. He's the problem because he doesn't take responsibility for anything he does ever. He never does anything wrong in his mind. It's always them. And guess what? He thinks it's them against him. And he's so smart and he's so strong and he's the man. He's the provider. I just need to remind you that A, he should humble himself because he has not held a job the whole time that he's been in the United States of America. He got a trucking license, but you guess what? Didn't ever get that job. He decided that he's going to be a stay-at-home dad, which is absolutely fine. Be a stay-at-home stay dad. That's a job in and of itself. But what you're not about to do is come all aggro and act like you're the provider because you're not. Then when you finally were like, oh shit, my green card's about to expire, Go to the uh, lawyer and they say, you know what? Part of you being a contributing member to society is that you must have a job. You haven't worked this whole two, three years that you've been here. It's going to be an issue. Guess what? All of a sudden he gets his real estate license and oh, guess what? He's going to work for Chuck's real estate company. And Chuck's going to write him a letter. Okay, well, again, Andre you're the problem. You're the problem. 
And I'm going to go further and say, Libby, you allow his behavior. And not only do you allow his behavior, you support it. Right? So anytime he acts crazy and he comes home and tells you one side of the story and then you go attack your family for him. But then let's just talk about what happened on this trip. Okay? So you all get back in the RV and you stop off for an overnighter in North Carolina at an Airbnb. Okay? The next morning, Elizabeth's trying to like clean up the house, make sure it's, you know, to par. How they got there is how they have to leave it, right? She leaves her husband with their child. And because Andre thinks, oh, there's a bunch of other people here. I don't have to be responsible. I'm going to go run to the restroom. Meanwhile, the toddler has gone up the stairs, almost falls down, hits the head. Elizabeth has to, to catch her. Elizabeth's all freaked out because, you know, her baby almost got hurt. And then Andre, what does he do, you guys? What does he do? He yells at her. Okay, yells at her because it's not his responsibility. That baby's not his responsibility. He had to go to the bathroom. Someone else in the house should have been watching. The mom should have been watching because he he could never do anything wrong, even though she asked him to watch her. Not my problem. And not only is it not her his problem, he says, then when she's like, you know, I cut my finger catching her and all of this, and she was upset by that, he was so belligerent you guys and so disrespectful he was like oh what should we call 911 do you need an ambulance so if she doesn't see that how he treats her in front of her family is the same way that he treats her family then she's part of the problem so when i say who's the biggest problem andre is far i'm absolutely not team andre not any not after seeing the more he talks and the more entitled and the more just like aggro he is, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Yes, Robin, he tries to steamroll everyone. And he thinks that he can just by steamrolling and cussing people out and like getting in their face that he can make them back down and he can have his way. It's awful. And he does it to his own wife, his own wife. Black, hey, Black Shelly, I haven't seen you in a minute. Hey, girl, hey. Andre is the problem. Chuck entertains his craziness. Hey, Faith City. Hey, girl. Hey. And Robin says he has balls. I don't blame the family. I'd be pissed too. Absolutely, you guys. Absolutely. And if you think about it, let's let's try to think about how many problems the family had pre-Andre. Were they fighting like this? Or were they all making money hand over fist? All of a sudden, this new person is entitled to Chuck's money as an entitled to everything that the family has because what? You're the only person in the family that doesn't work. You're the only person in the family that doesn't have any experience in the industry that you're in. And you're the only one that doesn't listen. Anytime anyone says something to you, you attack them. And then you go back to your wife and you just cuss out everything in front of your wife and then your child. You literally cussed out your wife in front of your kids and her family. And you thought it was okay. And then not only did you cuss her out, you like degraded her and said, oh, do you need, do you need a ambulance? Do you need to call 911? Really? Is that love and support? Cause I've just, I don't think it is. So, um, I just, 
I just, I can't, I can't. I think that he has a problem and I think that he can't accept that he's wrong. And when Andre said, you guys, and I'm going to read it verbatim, when Andre said that he's a ticking time bomb and it's just a matter of time before he explodes, believe that to be true. Believe that to be true because all of this is building up to that. He's a bully. He's a bully. And he's telling you guys, he's telling all of us, you guys, like, I want you to think about it. He's telling all of us who he really is. He told us if it's, if it's manipulation, it is what it is. He tells us right now in this latest episode that he's a ticking time bomb and he's going to explode. We need to pay attention to that because he's the problem. Hey, Claire, uh, my hubby and I think Libby should go in the biz with her family and Andre should be the property manager. I, you know, I, I think that's a great idea, Claire. You know what I think? I think that Andre should go ahead and take his real estate license and go to the plethora of other real estate firms, get his own job and make his own career. And no one will be telling him anything because he'll be his own boss and his, his success or failure will depend on him and him alone, which is what he wants. That's what I think. Moving on to Natalie and Mike. Oh, y'all, listen, this was another one that I was just like, I don't understand what's even going on here. So I pop my question up for you guys right there. Uh, does Natalie even like Mike? Do you guys think that Natalie even likes Mike at this point? And I know that we know that they're not together anymore. And I know that, and if you guys, you know, news and gossip, there's another woman, there's another man. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But listen, no. okay, so first of all, Natalie, remember you guys when Natalie came here and there was the couple that, like Mike had a friend that married the Ukraine girl and that was Julia, Julia's, or excuse me, Natalie's friend. What happened to that couple? Why do we not, why is she now like, not that you can't make new friends, but what happened to them? They went to dinner like one time in like season one and then they're MIA. Anyway, she made a new friend, Juliana. Uh, they met on social media. And of course, Natalie, you know, verbally threw up on her with all of her problems and shared that there's tension in their marriage and that she's going to, had, all of a sudden she can't breathe and they've only, only known each other for like six months and Mike has never met her, but she's from Russia. They can speak the same language. So Natalie has really been bonding with her. Right. And so Natalie says, since she moved to America, which is something interesting, you guys, by the way. So when she, since she moved to America, uh, she's having problems breathing. And for some reason, like liquids coming out of her nose all the time. So she has to have surgery. And she talked about it with Mike originally. She felt that he blew it off. So she went ahead and booked her surgery without discussing it with him or letting him know when it was or any of that stuff. But now, instead of being in a proper adult relationship and discussing with her spouse, these are the things that are happening. She wants to take her issues to a third party, the new friend of only six months and air all her dirty laundry out there because she doesn't trust Mike. I'm super confused by this. I'm super, just like I'm super confused by how um, Kalani always brings her family into her problems with her husband. Like now you're bringing some random 
new friend of six months into your marriage so that they can moderate and put their opinion in and you've known that person for six months, but you haven't talked to your husband? I, I mean, I, I, it's confusing to me. Hey, Dasha, hey girl, hey. So listen, I'm gonna tell you what happened to me because Dasha said it's probably allergies. Um, it's something. I think that when you, cause, so when I first came out to America, I got a respiratory tract infection. It was really, really bad. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. And I had to get like an inhaler and like this weird contraption thing that you like suck into. And I've never had like asthma. I've never had allergies, nothing, nothing, nothing. But it was like the difference in pollution and the air quality. That's what it was. And so I could see how she might have, you know, some breathing issues, but here's, here's, okay. I'm just going to be real with you guys. I personally think she just wants to get a nose job because it could be allergies. It could be what I had a respiratory tract infection and you have, there, there are steps before they just say, oh, you have to have surgery. There are things that they can do. So I personally think that she just wants to get a nose job. That's what I think it is. And that's why her insurance might not cover it all because it's elective. So that's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. But she's doing it in the guise of she can't breathe. So now she, she needs to have surgery. And the way she says it, she's like, what are you having done exactly? What are they going to do exactly to your nose? They're going to, what, reconstruct it? They're going to go in there and what, take out the li extra liquid? No, girl, you're, you're getting a nose job. Your deviated septum, if that's what you want to say it is, say it's that and you can't breathe, but you want to know his job. Like, let's just call it, it what it is. Anyhow, so they're at they're at uh, dinner. Mike comes in and he's so, you know, he came with gifts. He brought flowers for the host. He brought flowers for his wife. And they're in the kitchen, you know, continuing to prep for dinner. And the friend turns to Julia to tell Julia to talk to her, or I keep saying Julia, Juliana, the friend, turns to Natalie and tells Natalie to talk to her own husband about the surgery. <laughs> TG says she wants to pull a Chloe. Facts. So why does the new friend, Juliana, have to tell you to talk to your husband? Just talk to your husband. Use your words. Communicate. Like, just, just do that. So she mentions to Mike that, um, you know, the problem's not resolved. She needs an operation. And he's like, yeah, I know we talked about it as being an option, but I didn't know you went ahead and booked the surgery. Like what, what's happening? And she's like, well, you know, I know I just didn't want to bring it up because you know, money's an issue. He's like, it's not about the money. Like, when is it? It's in a week. And he's like, well, okay, I'll, I'll request the day off and I'll take you. And he's mad because she didn't tell him. And it's absolutely selfish that you don't tell your husband who you expect to pay for the surgery, that you're having a surgery that you mentioned in the past and then you booked and then you decide in front of your brand new friend to throw him on the spot to make him look bad in case he had anything else to say. It's, it's like, like what? Why would you do that? Why would you throw your husband under the bus like that and then have an attitude about it? Now, total side note, 
total side note because I do think it's beautiful. So she had that flower wreath on her head and she said it's like a tradition in the Ukraine. Um, and I'm not being disrespectful because I think it's beautiful. And I totally wear like in the summertime, I wear like little flower headbands and stuff like that. But have you guys seen that movie? And I think it's called Midsummer Night. I couldn't personally get through it and I didn't love it. But have you have you guys watched it? Because that's what it reminded me of. And just her personality and everything that's going on and the craziness of it, it kind of reminded me of it. And if you haven't watched it, you should really check it out because I want to know if I'm the only one that thought that. Uh, <laughs> Dasher said, yes. Dasher, you and I are going to hell. But that's what I thought. And if you don't know anything about that, that movie, I'm not going to wreck it for you, but you're going to have to definitely check it out. And it's going to scream Natalie all over for you. Um, so they have traditional food, the draniki and the vengret and some fish. And <laughs> it's the next day. The next day and they're doing some car maintenance they're going to do he wants to teach her about air filters and wipers and washer fluids and i've never heard this before this whole righty tidy lefty lucy i did learn like how to change my tire and my air filter and check my my fluid levels and all of this stuff but the righty tidy lefty lucy is, is something that's brand new oh Um, but if you guys could tell me what that actually means. So does that mean that anything's on the right, you make tight and anything on the left, you make loose? Like, I don't, I'm trying to figure out what that even means, but let me know. Hey, Angelica. Hey girl. Hey. Amanda says, oh no, not midsummer. It was just midsummer over there. Facts. Listen, you guys have to watch that movie. You haven't seen it. I'm telling you, you it, it, it screams Natalie. It just screams her. So anyways, um, yeah, definitely let me know about this righty-tighty thing, lefty-loosey. I want to know what that actually means in regards to your car. So they start having a fight. He's trying to explain to her and use her word, his words that you're always making excuses, and I didn't appreciate the fact that you didn't tell me that you were having the surgery. That's all. And she goes off on this tangent. I don't trust you. And I'm all alone here. And he's like, if you're all alone here, you're lying. And if you want to live a lie, then live a lie. And I felt, I felt that to my core because you know what, the way she flips stuff. And I don't know, again, you guys, if it's like a language barrier or if she holds on to what she wants to hear, but whatever the case may be, she always flips it. It is an excuse. And her first thing to say is, oh, I'm sorry. But she doesn't even mean it. Because if you meant it, then listen. Hey, you know what, Mike? Honey, I'm sorry. I was scared to have this conversation with you. You know I'm not good with my words. I really, you know, wanted to get this surgery. But I didn't know how to approach you with it. See how easy that was? But no, she was like, my health comes first. My health comes first. I didn't have a, to choose the date, so I just went with it. Well, regardless of what happened, regardless if you had a choice or you didn't have a choice, whatever, you still didn't tell your husband. And then when you did decide to tell him, you decide to tell him in front of an audience to throw him on the spot. And then when he tells you how he feels about it, you flip it on him and you scream at him and then you tell him and some random woman 
on the phone that you're alone in this world and that you have no support. Okay. Let's just remember that you don't have your green card yet, so you're not working. So the roof over your head and the lights that are on and the food that's in your belly are, is coming from somewhere. And since you can't work and I, um, you can't like get public assistance or whatever it's called, someone's providing for you. And you know, that truck that we've seen you drive around, someone's providing that too. And the gas that goes in that truck, someone's providing that too. So I don't know how alone you are for real, for real. Um, oh, Vanessa says, it means when you want to unscrew something, you go left or counterclockwise. And if you want to make it tighter, you go right. Okay, that makes sense. Thanks, Vanessa. Uh, I thought it was more like, I don't, I don't know what I thought it was. Anyhow, let's move on to Jovi, Yara, and Gwen. And let me pop up my question for y'all. Is Yara acting too much like a diva? Yeah, that's what, yeah, you're right, Claire. Like, she can't get public assistance, which is my point. So... Mike is providing for her and she's acting like she's all alone when she's not all alone. So is Yara acting too much like a diva? Now you guys, this episode, again, I told you just made me angry. And, and I'm usually, as you guys, if you're familiar with my show, I'm usually pretty like chill Canadian peace and love. And I don't kind of take too many sides, but this episode had me like heated and I've been just, I feel like I'm just like, talking crap about everyone, but they were all acting super crappy, including Yara, who I normally, Yara and Jovi, I just, I love their little love story. But the words that kept coming out of her mouth this episode was just irritating me. Like, so Gwen, so gracious, so, so gracious. Definitely, you guys, she is the best mother-in-law that we've had, period, since the day one of 90 days is the best. She started off rocky, but she like soared with it. Hey, Stevie. Hey, hey, Stevie. Hey. So she's COVID. We she's COVID free. She's been staying there for a couple of weeks. She's had a couple of tests. They're all negative. Uh, Jovi's been gone for a couple of months now, um, but he's supposed to be coming home soon. And so they're going to call him. She's got the baby in tow. Gwen's there to like just be there for her and support her. She wants to use Gwen's laptop. Gwen brings over the laptop and she's like, oh, you're bringing over this old computer? It looks like you're poor. Okay, so let me just get this straight. You're staying in your mother-in-law's house for free. She's doing everything and anything for you, even exposing herself to potential COVID so that you could come quarantine and she could help you take care of the baby. And then you're just gonna talk crazy. Last week you said that as she talked to you, she was giving you a headache. And this week you said that she looks like she's poor. I just, ew, ew. Like people who talk down to people like that, it's just, it's just ew, it bugs me. So Gwen to camera was like saying how 
you know, what she's learned during quarantine is that Yara can tend, and she said it very kindly, you guys, very politely, Yara can be bossy. You know, there's a time where Yara just threw out her cup and was like, okay, I see your cup. What is it that you want me to do with it? Did you, did you need me to refill it? Did you need me to take it? You need to wash it? And for the simple fact that, that Gwen was even considering any of that, she's not your servant. She, she doesn't work for you. She's here to support you. I just, I just think it's weird. Dasha says, do you think that Yara was teasing. Was she though, Dasha? Was she? She's teasing about her looking poor. She's teasing her about giving her a headache. She's teasing her about like, hey, take my my leftovers. Even when they moved, and we're not even at that point yet, but when they moved and she didn't even pack anything, she just wants to hold the baby. But meanwhile, you got not only <laughs> your husband's mom, but your husband's grandma moving boxes and packing while you just sit on the couch. And then as soon as they get there, you're like, did you bring my coffee? I mean, I don't know, Dasha. I don't feel like that's teasing. I feel like that's a little bit of entitlement and a little bit of a diva attitude. I, I do. Hey, Kim, you're new. Welcome. Yeah, she isn't her servant. Fact. Fact. And I, I feel like, especially when, you know, it takes a tribe, you have to appreciate the things, the big and little that people do for you because they don't have to do it. Gwen doesn't have to do all these things for you. She doesn't have to do it. She's not She's not your worker. You're not paying her. She's doing it because she loves her, husband, her son. She loves you and she loves the baby and she wants you guys to thrive and be happy. And of course, that's like a grandma thing to do. But when grandma and great grandma are moving boxes and you're asking, where's my coffee? It just seems a little ungrateful to me. So anyhow, she's feeling better. She's talking to Jovi. Jovi has bad news that he's not coming home for a couple more weeks, three more weeks. And he's actually coming home after Christmas. So he's going to miss Amila's first Christmas, which is sad for Yara. Um, and then also, too, they have to move because before he left, they knew that the lease was up, but Yara, he said, didn't want to renew the lease. So now they have to move by the end of the month. And she's like, fine, I'll, I'll move. She says she doesn't feel safe in New Orleans. She thinks it's dirty and smelly and people are puking in her shoes and all of that stuff. If you've never been to New Orleans, it's a great city, you guys. So much fun. When the world opens up and we have like Mardi Gras and all that stuff, if you're a foodie, you should definitely check it out. You know, I don't know what she talked about, but I've never lived there, but it is amazing. And the architect in that city is amazing. Uh, Angelica says, I think Yara is used to a life that revolves around her facts. So then Yara says to her husband, again, this is very, again, you guys, what do I always say? Communication, communication, communication is key. But Yara says to her husband that she's going to find a place. And whether he likes it or not, she's going to choose it on her own. He has no say in it and she doesn't care. I'm just like, what, what relationships are we in here? We've got one that's cussing out his wife. The other one that's making decisions on her own without her husband. Another one making decisions on her own without her husband. Like what happened to partnerships? What happened to like, we're in this together. What happened to teamwork? 
what happened to love? Like, I'm just so confused by this. And I don't know if it's just this episode and everyone is like cooped up, you know, totally over being quarantined and stuck inside with each other. I don't know, but they were all acting amok as far as I was concerned for this episode, like just terrible towards each other and no one's communicating. Everyone's just doing whatever they want that makes them happy. It's was bizarre. So Yara doesn't care. Yara's going to find a place and Jovi's just going to have to love it or not love it. It's up to her. And uh, then they move. The place that they move to is amazing. It's out of the city. It's like 45 minutes outside of New Orleans. It has two rooms, uh, which is great because, you know, their family is is, is bigger now. Um, but what I thought was interesting, there's two things I thought was interesting, you guys. The first thing I thought was interesting is that Barbara, which is the grandma, said, you know, you're just sitting around. I don't want you to like think that this is how it is just because you have a baby. We don't need you to take advantage. I was like, go ahead and preach, grandma. Preach. Tell her. Tell her that she's not the diva that she's acting like. That was the first thing that was interesting to me. The second thing that was interesting to me is like, uh, I, actually, I'm just going to leave that alone for now. I just, there's some stuff that, you know, I get distracted, you guys, and I, I, I try to be like, you know, I have questions, but I have questions like, I thought that we were not calling it master bedroom anymore. I thought that was a thing of the past. I thought we left that like in 2018. Just curious, just curious. But they're driving to the new place. The place is beautiful. It's big, it's spacious, it's gorgeous. You know, Yara does mention that she loves trees so much. She loves that it's quiet and Jovi's just gonna have to adjust. Gwen did have some concerns, right? Because Jovi really um, loves to be in the city in the thick and thin of things. So it will be an adjustment when he gets there for sure. Um, but overall, I just, I was surprised by her attitude. I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest. I felt like what I was seeing between both Jovi and Yara was them kind of stepping up and just being really great new parents. But this little episode just made me feel like diva, diva. And I didn't like it. Oh, Dasha said, right? We aren't. They call it a pro exactly. I mean, Vanessa said, it's going to take the South a little longer to get with the inclusive language. Well, Vanessa, you're going to go ahead and tell the South to get with it. Uh, let's move on because we have two more couples, right? Or one more. Yeah, we have two more because of Brandon. Let's get into Michael and Angela. I'll pop up my question for you guys. It's very easy. Are you team Michael or team Angela? Team Michael or team Angela? Because I know where I stand, but I've, I've, I've been there all season. So Michael's working out. He's gained some weight. Who has it in this pandemic? Look at my little chipmunk cheeks. Who has it? Uh, so he's working out. His friends, AKA the goofballs. Uh, so Bodie, Peter, and uh, Adu come over. We haven't seen them in forever. Haven't seen them forever. I've missed them because I think they're personally hilarious. Uh, but 
they come over, they're surprised to hear from him because, you know, they weren't even invited to the wedding because Angela forbade it. Angela actually even forbids them all being friends, which I just think is ridiculous because she's not even there and you're telling your husband, you know, I just, all the questions you guys, like you tell your husband, he can't work, he has to be on the phone to pick up the phone anytime that you call and anytime you call, you're disgusting, like verbally abusive to him and like he's just supposed to take it. So it's... It, Anyways, he explains that they had a fight again. They broke up and he's just tired of her screaming and he's tired of her yelling at him and not giving him a minute to like even speak. And he says he's going to live his life as a single man and do what he wants. And I was like, this is the first time in the hundred years that we've known Michael and Angela that he actually grew a backbone. Like he, he grew some, some things and I, for one, bravo, bravo finally standing up for yourself, finally standing up and demanding the respect that you deserve. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, even her own lawyer, and I'll get to that, but her own lawyer was like, yeah, Angela is like, there's no negotiation. It's her way or the highway. Like she's not trying to communicate. She's not trying to compromise. It's her way or no way with Michael. I, that's not a spouse. That's not even... I mean, you can be that way with your child, but when your child's grown, guess what? They have their own mind and they're going to make their own decisions. So who exactly are you talking to, Angela? Because you're not a dictator. Okay? And I want to say a bunch of stuff, but I'm really, I'm really trying to not make it a thing. But I will say this. That preview that she that I saw of, of next week where she's screaming at Michael and she said, I'm American. I need to know you Americans that are out there. What do you mean when you say that? I understand the pride and the, like, I'm proud to be American, but I need you to know when you're talking to a non-American and you say, I'm an American, what you think that means? Cause I, as a Canadian, I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't start a fight and then scream to someone. I'm a Canadian. Cause what does that even mean? I need someone to explain what that means and what she means by that. Because what I think it means in my mind seems really terrible. And what I want to say is nothing nice. So before I jump to any conclusions, I need your, my American friends and family here to explain to me what that means. Because I need to know. Dasha said, Linda, did you notice that Angela said that Michael talks back now like he's a child? Oh, yeah, I did notice that, Dasha. It was ridiculous. Okay. It's ridiculous. So he's hanging with his friends and the friends that Angela forbids him to see that he hasn't seen in a while. And they are like basically laughing. They're like, Angela is too possessive. She's too bossy. You know, we haven't been friends and haven't seen you for years because you didn't even invite us to a wedding because Angela said you couldn't hang out with us. And, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And he explains that they're not talking because she had the surgeries and they did like the big boobs thing. And that quote was big boobs are the best was hilarious to me. Um, but he's like, yeah, you know, she just keeps shouting at me. He's annoyed by it. He's tired by it. And I felt I felt him in that moment. He's like, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of every time this woman talks to me, she's screaming and degrading me, okay? 
listen, listen, you guys. I I don't want to go there, okay? But I'm I I feel like I know what she means. I feel like after the last four years and seeing her TikToks and seeing some of the things, and even if you guys just go to her online store, I think I know what she means when she says I'm an American, okay? Um, which Dasha's like, go there. Dasha, Dasha's like, go there. She's egging me on. Um, his friends want to know, are you going to stand up and be a man finally and stand up for yourself? Like, let's have, let's role play and you tell us what you're going to say to Angela. And he kind of stumbles over his words. He's like, you know, I'm just going to tell her that I, um, uh, things have to change and we have to understand each other. And uh, I'm the African man. And they're like, nah, you want to, is old Michael going to stand up or is this new and improved Michael going to stand up? But whatever the case is, you need to stand up for yourself and you need to be a man. And when they say you need to stand up for yourself and you need to be a man, they're not saying, oh, you have to be like the head of the household. What they're saying is that you're a man and this woman is emasculating you and she's been emasculating you for the past three years. She doesn't respect you. She doesn't, she thinks she owns you. She doesn't quote, allow you to have friends. She can't, she cusses you out at every chance that she gets. She thinks you're cheating. She calls you a liar. She's, she's thrown cakes in your face. She's stuck her finger in your face. All the things, all the things. And here you are three years later and you've put up with it and you've married her. And now you think that if you have a conversation with her, Angela's going to change her ways. My friend, you're in for a rude awakening because the Angela, the Mima who's getting her sexy on is going to be 10 times worse because she's going to be more full of herself. She's going to have more confidence. And if she can be this loud and obnoxious, and degrading and disrespectful to you. Can you only imagine? She's freaking out now because like Dasha said in the comments, she feels like you're talking back now. If you guys really hear what I'm saying, it's a really terrible, it really is terrible if you really listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth right now. The way that she talks to him and the way that she treats him like he's a second class citizen, it's, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. She doesn't want a man, okay? She wants to dominate and own someone. And that person is just supposed to adore her. But at the same time, can you imagine that someone talked to you like that for three years? For three years. Every five, you can't make a decision on your own. You can't do anything. You can't have your own friends. What does that sound like to you? Okay. The live chat is all team Michael. Same. Uh, listen. I don't know what, I used to love Ange. I don't know what happened to her, but something happened and she's just angry now and she's taking her her obnoxious frustrations out on Michael and she blames him for everything. She's smoking, it's Michael's fault. She started smoking at 13 when Michael wasn't even born yet. It's Michael's fault. She has stress, it's Michael's fault. She has surgery and is like, trying to work it out and doesn't feel supported, it's Michael's fault. Okay. Dasha, I'm trying not to go there. I'm trying not to go there, but listen, 
listen, y'all. Angela has some 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 deep seated anger that's that, you know, is shining through. And I don't. I, the more we see her, and you guys think about even any of the tell-alls. There's always been someone that she's bullied on the tell-alls. Like she's a bully too. Her and Andre are bullies, as far as I'm concerned. They don't want to hear anything. Like, can you imagine being married to someone who doesn't allow you to have friends? That doesn't allow you to talk to anyone. Doesn't even want you to work. Because you have to be there at her beck and call and, and answer her phone calls whenever she calls, even though you're like seven plus hours ahead. So 2 a.m. for you is the middle of the day for her. You could be asleep, but if you don't answer your phone quick enough, then you're in trouble and you can get cussed out. It's just, ugh, I just, she needs to be on her own. She needs to be on her own because I don't know who would put up with this as far as I'm concerned. So he wants to stand up for himself. Angela goes to a lawyer because she wants a divorce. She's complaining that she doesn't trust him and that Michael is different. Michael talks back now. And the lawyer's like, listen, is this what you want to do? Because you have a lot invested both in time and money. And once you get divorced, that's it. Like this, we have to contact the UCSIS and they'll withdraw the spousal paperwork and it's a wrap. And if you guys get back together, you have to start this whole process all over again. She's like, oh, it's something I have to think about. And my question, you guys, because I don't remember, has has Angela been married before? Has she ever been married or is Michael her first marriage? Because I honestly don't remember. Because I get can't get past how she just talks to him. I'm. If you guys remember, let me know. Has she ever been married before? I don't know. Raydella says, sorry, I've just not been able to do Angela's attitude from day one. And Stevie says, I feel you. She's done it the whole time. Nobody deserves to be treated like that. Facts, Stevie. Those are pure facts. And everyone is Team Michael. Like everyone, we're all, we're all Team Michael because we know disrespect when we see it. We know verbal abuse when we see it and we are getting to the point that this is verbal abuse you guys like honestly and Raydella says I Raydella listen I'm on my best behavior right now because what I really want to say I just I am not saying because I will go off on a whole tangent talking about how you know you think because he's from Africa and he, in your mind, is a second-class citizen, plus you're from the South? Oh, no. Like, Riddell, don't get me started. I am being polite. So I'm going to pull it all back. But what I'll say this, wherever it's coming from, no one, no one deserves to be talked to like that. No one. No one. No one. Not your friend, not your spouse, not your child, not your coworker. No one deserves the disrespect that comes out of her mouth on a regular basis. And I'm not the only one that thinks that it's been worse or it's getting worse. It's getting so much worse that it's almost hard to take. Now, I will say this because I'm not going to go there, but I will say this. What's the saying, you guys? Because you know I'm bad with sayings. Don't throw stones when you live in a glass house. Me as an entertainment reporter, let me tell you this. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Because if you don't have a clean, super squeaky clean lifestyle, 
you don't want you don't want people to say, hey, listen, this is the so and so that talks to people like this and and degrades them. And meanwhile, you know, people are digging into your past and your past is like not that great. Like, don't don't come for people when your past is not that great. Okay. And you don't treat people that great. And your your family doesn't treat people that great. And maybe your family has like a criminal history background, like don't act all high and mighty and superior and thinking you can speak any type of way when you know you live in a glass house. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. People in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Work on yourself. And guess what? Take responsibility for your own actions, some of the things that you do, rather than the blaming on, you know, the 30-something that is like half your age. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. So um, also, did you guys know that she still, did you guys notice this, that she still had her lighter and stuff from smoking in her bra? So she's still doing that. So even though she got a breast reduction, her bra is still her purse. So I noticed that right away. Um, the lawyer asked her, what is it that you want to do? Like, what is it that you want to do? And how do you think that you're going to be able to connect with Michael? And she's like, well, I want to track his phone. And he's like, tracking your his phone is not going to help you guys connect and communicate. And she didn't get it, you guys. She just didn't get it. Because you know what? She's not trying to communicate. She's not trying to connect with him. She's trying to control him like she's been controlling him. And he's like a, a survivor. And he's now trying to get his power back. Yeah, it's like that. Stevie says, <laughs> Stevie says, a dirty house at that, cigarette butts and other junk on the floor. Stevie, I can't remember. Are you the one that called me out about my notes? Was that you? I, I'm trying to remember because I know someone will get a kick out of my note taking right now. All right. Last and certainly not the most exciting for me, at least, this episode was Brandon and Julia. So Brandon and Julia, you know, they decided or they actually threatened that they're going to move out. So now that they threatened it, they got to move out. So they're house hunting. The two of them are in these spy movie outfits. Like it's hot as hell. And he's got like a mock turtleneck on all black long sleeve. And she's got blind. They both got the sunglasses on. I, I, I got a kick out of that. Um, but they're apartment hunting in Richmond, Virginia, and rent, y'all, 800 to 1500 That's pretty good. I mean, it's expensive. Don't get me wrong. Oh, Master of Blackjack. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I have to tell Master of Blackjack. I read it on notepads. So... <clears throat> They're looking at a three-bedroom that has a double vanity, washer-dryer, game room, $1,800 a month for 1,200 square feet. My first question was, like, it's just the two of you. Brandon has never paid a bill in his life. He's never paid rent in his life. You don't have a job. You don't work. You guys don't have furniture. You guys are going to have to uh, hire a mover for maybe the bed that's in Brandon's childhood bedroom. So... Why do you need three rooms? Like, why do you need all that? You need to start an apartment because you guys, even though 
you're in your 30 or excuse me, you're closer to 30 than you are to 20 y'all. Cause you know, 20 and 29, they're up there. Okay. But you, Brandon's never paid rent. He's never even paid a bill in his life. But you, you think that he's going to be able to pay $1,800 a month on this lease and you don't work? I mean, that's my question. Does Julia have unrealistic expectations? Y'all need a starter apartment so you guys can actually feel what it's like to actually be an adult and have responsibilities because all the stuff that's at the farm besides the animals that you hate, all the stuff that you have has to be paid for. So there's a mortgage to pay. There's lights to pay. There's water to pay. There's food to pay. There's bills, your phone to pay, like TV, cable, internet, all the things, okay, on top of your $1,800. So um, Kimberly says, I turned 30 uh, in 14 days, don't come for me. Welcome to the Dirty 30s. Hey, girl, hey. Uh, so yeah, I think that her standards and expectations are unrealistic for this situation. Go ahead and get y'all a little starter apartment. See how that does for you and collect uh, some furniture. See how you do with, you know, maybe something on the lower end of the rent spectrum and see how you do with that until you guys get on your feet. Because, listen, what you think you want right now and what you guys can actually afford considering neither of you pay any type of bills is unrealistic to me. So she gets a little bit of an attitude. She tells Brandon, who's being sensible, that he's wrecking her dreams. This is her dream place. She thought that they were going to sign the lease that moment that day. And he's like, no, like, we can't afford this. We've got, there's so many costs. And she's like, well, you need to step up and be a husband because I'm worried that we're going to get stuck on the farm and he doesn't want to ever move from the farm. And I need him to be the husband and I'm going to have to go look for a job, which she does. She goes for an interview. And I thought it was a perfect job for a dance instructor at a gym. That'd be great for her. The part that I thought was a little weird, and it's not weird because, you know, there's pole dancing classes and you bring your heels and you do pole dancing and it's super fun. Um, but I did think that when he explained it more as a strength training and dance class, that she could have just kept her, her kicks on, her sneakers on, and done a little dance and made it more like aerobic style and less like dancer style. Because it was a lot of this. It was a lot of this. There was, that was a lot of that. And I, I think that what they were trying to do is make it more like, I'm so ridiculous, you guys. <laughs> uh, I think they were making it more like, let's do like lower strength work, body work, and like dance and make it fun. I think that's what they were going for. However, you know, the guy, I don't know his name, didn't write it down, but the guy said, she's got some skills. And, you know, get some certification, come back and, you know, maybe you can work here type of situation. She gets an attitude about that. She's like, America is so weird. I have all this experience. Why do I need all these lists of certifications? That doesn't make sense to me. Listen, Julia, it makes sense because 
you need to know what the hell you're doing because if you're telling someone to move a part of their body and you don't actually even know what that body part is and they injure themselves because people who work out comes in all shapes, sizes, and ages, then you're going to be responsible and the gym's going to be responsible when they hurt themselves. So yeah, they want you to get certified so that no one gets sued. That's why you need certification. Um, I do want to say one more thing though, you guys. The way Brandon also throws his wife under the bus is amazing to me. He's constantly throwing her under the bus. So the camera, before her interview, says that he thinks her dance style is too sexy. And he's he's gone to dance classes and gyms before. And her dance style is not that. I was like, you just said to her she's going to do great on the interview. Which I thought, like, what is it? You either think she's going to do great and you're going to support your wife or you're going to talk shit about her to camera. It's not very nice. It's not very teamwork-ish. It's not very we're a couple and we're in this together. However, who goes to an interview, you guys, hand in hand with their partner? And you're not 18. Y'all are 28, 29, whatever. You're grown. And you're going to ask your husband to come to the interview with you because you feel nervous and shy? But you want to teach a dance class of 20? But you get there and you are hand in hand and, hey, we've arrived. So, oh, and you've arrived and you're late. Sorry, we're late. What do you mean we're late? You you have an interview. Your spouse doesn't have an interview. And what, like, first impressions are everything. I just, you guys, this whole, this whole episode just had me feeling some type of way. Let me know how you guys were feeling because I got to tell you, they weren't being very nice to each other. They weren't being very couple-ish and the happily ever after-ish. I just, I wasn't feeling the vibe. I felt like none of them communicate. None of them even really like each other. I was kind of over them this episode. And I think it's just going to get worse next week. Really. That's how I felt. It's terrible. It's terrible. Anyhow, you guys, that's the show. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of it. Uh, think about those thumbs up, you guys. I see there's a bunch of you. Thank you so much for being here. Can you, before you go, go ahead and just quickly hit that like, 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 subscribe, 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 or heart, heart, heart. I would appreciate it very so much. And, uh, Tomorrow, you guys, the premiere of Love After Lockup, Stan and Lisa, Courtney and Josh, Dante and Nicole, Rachel and Doug and Brittany and Ray. I'm about to talk about because one of these guys looks like Hugh Hefner, you guys. Okay. I'm just, I, I, I'm going to go after this. I'm going to go and watch another second episode because I am shook by, by that show. So we'll do that on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we're still catching up on The Single Life, and we're just going to keep it pushing. Going to keep it pushing. Lots of new shows, lots of great and exciting stuff happening, you guys, over here on 90 Day in the Melanated Way. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Love y'all. Good night.